0: Hi, this is Daniel, one of the voices you're going to hear on the very first episode of Setting the Tone at ER Retrospective here in in just a minute. I'm assuming if you're hearing this, you're listening to the show for the very first time, which if you are, thank you. Welcome. Um, I'm recording this in uh, mid-October 2023, which is uh, roughly four years after we recorded this episode of uh, season one, episode one, the pilot, Um, and I'm recording this because We never when we recorded this episode way back in 2019, we never really expected we would still be at this four years later. We never really expected we would get this far. And we certainly never expected that this show and this episode would be downloaded tens of thousands of times and people listening to it and re-listening to it. People who were watching the show for the hundredth time and people who were watching the show for the first time. And uh, as a kind of happy accident with that there have been people who are experiencing ER for the very first time who are tuning into our show, which is exciting but also terrifying because we do sort of play fast and loose with uh, spoilers. And uh, we always, when we originally conceived the idea to do this podcast, we always did it did it with the um, understanding that it would be a retrospective, that it was for people who were rewatching the show. We had never really considered or expected it to be for people who are watching the show for the very first time and who might be concerned about spoilers. So this is kind of a, a disclaimer uh, that if you are watching the show for the very first time and you are watching along or trying to listen along with us as you watch uh, there will be s- discussion of future plot points and how they uh, impact earlier events in the show. So if you are listening for the first time and you're concerned about spoilers, I'm strongly, strongly, strongly recommending that you put us on pause, go finish watching the show for the first time, and then come back and listen to us afterwards. Um, If you're not concerned about spoilers, great, you know, I I hope you enjoy. But uh, I know that we've had some people who felt that uh, their experience watching the show was a little bit, uh, I don't want to say ruined, but affected by the kind of loose discussion of future plot points that we do sometimes. Um, so this hopefully will get ahead of that a little bit, make it a little bit more of a kind of known thing that, Hey, spoiler discussion might come up from time to time. Um, the show will, you know, we have no intentions of stopping at this point. We just, as I said, we're, as I'm recording this in mid October, 2023, we're just wrapping up season nine. Uh, so we're, you know, we're going to be around for a while. The show will always be there for you when you finish your first watch through, come back, rejoin us, revisit the show in real time with us, just like we did, um, and, and hopefully you'll get something out of it. Uh, but we definitely don't want to impact or ruin anybody's experience watching the show for the first time. So hopefully this makes that clear. There will be discussion of future plot points. Please, if you are concerned about spoilers, put us on pause. Go finish your watch through. And then come back and join us for uh, setting the tone to your retrospective. So uh, if you are listening for the first time and you are going to keep going... Definitely please enjoy uh, and stick with us. Our audio quality does get much better after, like, I don't know, episode five. Uh, Thanks, gang. Bye.
1: To the very first episode of Setting the Tone, an ER retrospective, uh, the show where we're doing episode by episode breakdown of the television series ER. Uh, My name is Elizabeth, and with me today are Lauren and Daniel. Hello. Hey. And since this is the very first episode, I figure I'd give you a little bit of information about the show. ER is a TV series that ran from 1994 until 2009, 15 seasons. I think approximately 330 episodes mm-hmm. somewhere it's somewhere in there I need to look that up again 331 by Three, my count 331 that's yeah so that's what we're signing up for today we'll be discussing the very first episode uh sometimes referred to as pilot but officially listed as 24 hours as the official title name uh run, it aired on September 19th 1994 uh, my birthday and had a runtime of one hour and 27 minutes, a double episode to premiere, uh, which ended up working out for the best
0: because there is a shit ton in this episode. Yeah, this it feels every bit like a feature-length movie. Like, it could have easily, like, if the show didn't get picked up, I think it could have easily stood alone as a, as just a movie and just be done with that.
2: Well, that, and we also noticed as we were doing our rewatch that so many of the tropes and goofs that show up throughout the 15 year run are established even in this pilot episode. Yeah, oh yeah.
1: Like, it seems like 90% of the stuff that like at least like from a medical perspective, it seems like 90% of the stuff that like, like you'll see throughout the different the different series and just all the different, you know, the surgery, the trauma centers, the actual like triage and stuff like that. You see that yeah. all right they smack you over the head with it in this yeah. in this first episode.
0: Yeah, they establish a lot of the like threads that carry through not only like not only like you said, like the tropey stuff, but also to like a lot of the um, kind of character interaction things like they establish quite a bit. It's kind of remarkable how much they establish in the pilot episode, like it doesn't feel like a a standalone thing like a lot of pilots do like a lot of pilots kind of stick out like a sore thumb when compared to the rest of take the office, for example, like the the first episode of the office looks like a completely different show compared to what you get. For the remaining, whatever, seven, eight seasons it is. Um, But for this, like, this, like, the set is, I understand the set is a little bit different because they were actually filming in an actual hospital for this one. But other than that, like, this, the, like, set doesn't look too dramatically different from the way that it looks the rest of the show. The, most of the cast sticks around. Like, I don't, I think there's only one that I can think of off the top of my head, like, minor character who doesn't stick around after the pilot episode. And, we just kind of hit the ground running from there. I mean, it's it, it's remarkable how quickly they got into the formula and were able to just go.
1: Yeah, well, especially uh, like you mentioned. Well, actually, first off, confession time. I've never. I don't actually like The Office. I think it's really stupid. But and I have never hate, watched it. Hate me. Like, that's that's the reaction I was expecting. I'm more of a Parks and Recreation person. That uh, can be
0: our second podcast. You redeemed yourself there. That's fine.
1: Um. Yeah, but no, like what. I actually didn't know that. I actually didn't know that they actually filmed this one, the first episode, in an actual hospital. Do you happen to know where it was? Or was it, like, just on a... It like, in Los Angeles, where most of the rest of the show is filmed? Or...
0: Yeah, it was in Los Angeles. It was a... I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. I know it... Because this is 94 is when it comes out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. the... I'm assuming they would have been filming this in like either early '94 or late '93. I'm not sure. I think it was actually '94 though, because I was reading in some of the casting notes that like they started casting five weeks before filming. So they had they had no one cast. Like they they had no time to get this set. So I'm sure it was in '94. Um, But the actual hospital they were filming at um, had only stopped being like an actual hospital um, in 1990 so it was a hospital in los angeles um and when they went to go like do the full series order they couldn't film there on a regular basis so they um they built the set kind of based off of that hospital so there are hmm. little minor there's little minor differences here and there um like there's a particular part of the er like that we all know that we all like that you see th- carry through throughout the rest of the show um there's a little tiny part of that yard ER that is not there in the pilot um it's like i think they said it's like curtain 3 um right. it's it's like a really distinct part of the ER that they said if you look compare like do shot by shot comparisons it's not there in the pilot but it is there in episode 2 because they just they switched over to an actual set so um i just thought that was interesting like being that they were in an actual hospital yet they managed to like take that look and replicate it over into the um the like designed set i think that's kind of the coolest thing about this is how much um it's one of the things i really love about the show is how much attention to detail there is from um not only just like the set design but like the terminology and the way things are written and just i don't know like everything is seems like it's got a purpose nothing seems like it's extra or filler the only thing I would say to that
1: is that with the attention to details, yes, a lot of, like, they got all the stuff, like, in the hospital, right? But one thing that actually super bugs me is just how wrong they are about, like, the city proper with, like, actual, like, where oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, Well,
2: too funny, because I was just about to say how much I love that it's such a love note to Chicago, even if they do miss some of those nitty-gritty details. You can tell, like, the constant comments on the weather and just... The way they approach, kind of that small town, big city feel when they're doing the out of the ER shots, I think.
1: Yeah, I... like even in this episode, like the weather just changes on a dime, which actually does happen every now and then in Chicago. In our uh, for, con- for context, Lauren, uh, and I are uh, do live in Chicago, and I have lived uh, in the Chicagoland area uh, for the, for all of my life. Um, Lauren and I have lived together here in the city proper for the last seven and a half years. Yep. And Daniel, and Daniel, I think was that your was that your first time ever in the city when we saw you yeah. that one time.
0: Yeah, that was my first time ever in Chicago. I might have spent longer than I care to admit trying to find the actual ER hospital before I realized it was fictional. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. It's not. It's not a big <laughs> deal. We don't need. We don't need to, like, dwell on it or anything. We but we could
2: have lied to you and told you that, like, Rush was. It's fine. I'm, I'm
0: over it. I'm not worried yeah. about it. But it so it is. We should say that up front. County General is a ficti- fictional hospital in Chicago. Uh, yes. I mean, how how deep into the weeds do we want to go here? Because like, we could take it, this fucker has roots all the way back to 1974. Like, this is tw- literally 20 years in the making. Not unlike this podcast. Well, 20 years <laughs> in the making.
2: Daniel, how about this? You take us through those... Tumultuous 20 years of destiny. And then I will set us up with the headlines of the premiere date and set us up for a good picture of where we actually were as a people when this episode aired. Dope. I love
0: it. So, basically, um, Michael Cri- Crichton, Crichton, whatever the fuck his name is, everybody's favorite uh, dinosaur-loving but yet climate-change-denying uh, weirdo, um, he... Um, so he was like a Harvard medical school student, uh, and he was an emergency room intern. And so this was in the seventies and he wrote a screenplay uh, at the time titled ED for emergency department. Um, and basically nobody showed any interest. They were like, fuck off Harvard boy. We don't want to read your script. Uh, nobody cares. And, uh, so basically he, um, he just kept writing, but he turned his attention to other projects, uh, one of those other projects being a little book about dinosaurs called Jurassic Park so basically what I'm saying is that were it not for ER you would not have Jurassic Park so thanks
2: and were it not for Jurassic Park you wouldn't have ER
0: exactly because so from there like and this is we're, we're glossing over like 15 years of in between stuff here but basically at, a, at some point he hooks up with Steven Spielberg heard of him he's kind of familiar
1: uh, sounds sounds uh, right. I don't think I,
0: I don't think I have. He's done a few movies. The, the Terminal. Familiar with The Terminal?
1: <laughs> oh, but of course, a classic.
0: That's everybody's go-to. For I forgot right? that the, he did. I forgot that he did that one. So he hooks up with Spielberg, and they uh, Spielberg is super interested in making Jurassic Park. They work together on that, and it's a big success and so after that he convinces spielberg to work with him on developing er so they shop it around to all the um studios nbc takes the bait and says you know get us a pilot so basically he just takes that script from 1974 makes a few small changes um the only real substantive changes from the script to or the screenplay to what you saw in the pilot uh included benton was originally a white guy then um, they made him black. Um, Lewis that seems for the best. That was changed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they all seem like pretty positive changes. Like Lewis was originally a male, and um, they made her female. Thank um, God. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one? Um, The other one is not – this one was actually a really late – this was actually Spielberg's, like, one and only, like, big contribution to the show was that um, originally, getting into spoiler territory for the episode, um, originally Hathaway was supposed to die. And Spielberg – Spielberg convinced Crichton. Uh that's why she's listed. If you look in the beginning of the show, if you look in the credits, she's um uh, Juliana Margulies is listed as a special guest star. She's not listed as part of the rest of the cast.
1: I you know, I actually noticed that. I was actually curious about that.
0: Thank you for yeah. doing all this research yeah. for us. I I comes with the facts, you know? Like um, so basically she was supposed to die at the end of the first episode and um Spielberg talked Crichton into keeping her around because he felt like she had a really good dynamic with Clooney um, and that she just kind of fit well with the rest of the cast so they kept her around um, and yeah pretty much from there it's it's kind of what you see is what you get they they did make some you know minor cuts here and there for time because they're trying to fit it into that two hour time slot on TV but um, yeah pretty much the, the 1974 like he went 20 years and made you know able to take something pretty much carbon copy and apply it to 1994 is
1: super cool all right
0: so maybe just before we want one little thing before we head
1: into like the actual episode proper i think do we want to uh mention just sort of like what er like how it's was in our lives because i'm i'm 30 i'll be 31 as of this As of the release of this podcast, Lauren is 27. Good job,
2: you know your fiance's age. Hooray!
1: (laughs) And how old are you, Daniel? I am 29, going on 30. Okay, so yeah, this so this is all sort of a childhood phenomenon first for us, like at least while it was on TV. Yet, I mean, I know you know for me it was it was the show it was the one like late night show quote unquote late night. It was nine o'clock for for me when I was in elementary school when this debuted yeah I turned six on the day that this that this debuted happy birthday to me you're
2: stealing my thunder that was going to be one of my headlines
1: oh well happy headline (laughs) (laughs) Lizzie turned six yeah so it was just sort of that it was like the thing that my mom and I did together and we watched pretty much every single episode together through the end of season eight and where I hopped off for a little bit, because I was so distraught that Doctor Green had died, because he's my
0: whoa spoiler. Yes. This is episode one. We gotta <laughs> like, come on, we got 331 of these fucking things to do.
1: I think that's a, a, that's a 20
2: year old spoiler
1: almost. Yeah, like 17. But years. our
2: audience may be coming to this fresh.
1: Well, then that's their problem. <laughs> yeah, so I sort of hopped off the train for a while and kind of got back on uh, closer to season like 13 uh, when it fully the show had fully jumped the shark and gone I was going to say, what a
0: terrible time to jump back in. You know, I enjoyed
1: it. I, I enjoyed the characters. Oh no, there's the there's things. definitely
0: good stuff in there, but it's yeah. just, whew, man. And
1: then had all the feelings with the season finale, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in like six years. So, <laughs> yeah, and then I own all the DVDs. I've watched through the entire series. I think, I forget if it's like four or five times i've seen it at least every single episode um and then now that it's on hulu i go through and i just occasionally just pop in some of my favorite episodes and it's just it's my favorite tv show of all time and it has had a huge impact on my life and i am a transgender person and my name elizabeth actually comes from dr elizabeth corday famed surgeon alex kingston <laughs> um baddest bitch yes um so cuz she was like the most positive the most positive woman role model I could think of and like the highest like the highest standard I could try to hold myself to was her. So Uh yeah, so Lauren, what was this show like for you?
2: Well, this going to be real boring after that little heart to heart. Um for me, <laughs> I was only 2 years old when this first episode came out. I never really watched it too much growing up. It was really something more that my sister, who's six years older than me, and my dad, rest in peace, they watched together regularly, and um, it was really something that, you know, I'd see in passing. My sister was obsessed with it, but I was familiar enough with the characters, but it was never really my show growing up. I had missed the boat a little bit on being super engaged with it. So, when Elizabeth and I moved in together, and... She decided, hey, let's go ahead and watch the whole series. I was like, yeah, we'll give it a shot. Sure, I I enjoyed what I saw. Let's, Let's go for it. And as we watched the series and as I came to really discover all of the through lines and story arcs and just how deeply all of these characters are developed and how seamlessly we transition from one cast to another throughout the years... I just realized that there was something magical about this show, and so when we joked about doing the podcast two years ago, three years ago, it stuck, and I realized that A, this gives me another excuse to rewatch the whole series and not seem like a total crazy person, but B, it's a chance to really share a lot of that with other people and point out things that other people might not have noticed and hey, have audience members share with us things that me might that we might totally gloss over. So,
0: and what about you, Daniel? Well, for me, like kind of in a similar experience to Lauren, like I was a couple years older, so I think 94 I was 5, probably 5 or 6. Um so I was like ER was the go to bed show. Like ER was the, if you hear the the theme music, cause I grew up on the East coast. So for me, it was at 10 o'clock. So it was definitely too late for me to be watching. So, um, I kind of have like this almost like Pavlovian response to the theme song <laughs> of like the theme song al- almost makes me want to go to bed. Like, because like I would hear it like coming out from under my parents' bedroom door. And like, that means it's time to go to bed. It's, it's the ER, ER is on. Um, and but i would catch you know episodes here and there nights where i couldn't sleep or if i was you know home from school on vacation for whatever reason like it, i would catch episodes here and there um, my mom was a huge fan of it when it first came out i think she stuck with it through most of the the whole entire run i'm not sure if she fell off or not um, but it was one of those shows that I was always just kind of like peripherally aware of um, and as I got older I wanted to kind of explore it a little bit more um, I was really kind of drawn to the the longevity of it and the fact that it was able to stay so relevant while undergoing so many different um, cast revisions like you said like this thing has a hundred percent cast turnover like from the first episode like all of the yeah, main cast really mm-hmm. at some point <sighs> and they still managed to stay some kind of relevant the whole time and it's I don't know I just thought there was something cool about that like something cool about such a simple concept um, that if done well enough it didn't necessarily matter and it also too like so another part of it is um, my wife um, who you will probably hear on this show at some point um, giving her input on kind of She's a nurse, so she watching this show with her has been kind of a cool experience because she is very quick to point out what is is right, what's not right, what's outdated, what's, (laughs) you know, like, so she's real quick to point out, like, they don't do that anymore, and here's why. Or we would never do it like that. That's a terrible idea. You would kill a person if you did that. (laughs) Like, so it's kind of like, it sounds almost annoying, but it's really not. Like, it's kind of like, I don't know, it it adds an element to it uh, for me. Um, Kind of adds to the tension and the drama, honestly. But so, like, you know, it, it's kind of a thing that she and I can share um, where she gets to kind of, like, pick it apart from a technical aspect. And I get to sort of, like, cherry pick and bring her – because she's not a big pop culture, mm-hmm. like, obsessive like I am. So trying to, like, go through and be like – because this show is full of – like before they were famous. Oh like yeah, people there's so many like guest stars art. and stuff. so many
1: little cameos, so many yeah. like shorter roles, and just so many. Well, we're gonna mention that as
0: we go along, for sure, for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so, like, it's it's me kind of getting a chance to you know geek out and be like, oh my god, that's you know whoever the fuck, and she's like, who? I don't know. There's there's a guy in the corner that they just gave the wrong drug to, and you want me to care about you know. Robert Loggia, random character actor, <laughs> right? You know they. So it's kind of an interesting like dynamic when the two of us watch it together. So we we went through and watched. So I've only done. I'm I'm nowhere near on busiest level. I have not done a five five time episode watch through, but uh, I got one under my belt. I got one three thirty one full episode watch through on under my belt. This will be my second time going through it. Um, last time we went through the whole series in about eight months. So I'm looking forward to watching maybe like piecing it out a little bit more and digesting it a little bit slower instead of watching like four episodes a night and just powering through it. Like yeah, because there last are a time. lot of little details um, you can
1: you miss you miss in there.
0: There's lots of little things you can miss, and there's lots of it, it can get a little bit overwhelming too. Like it, it it this is a show, and we're gonna when we get into the, like the actual episode, like this is a show that feels like a car crash sometimes. Like you are kind of thrust right into the middle of the action, and if you're not ready for it or if you are if you're watching like i was like three four five episodes at a time it can get exhausting oh yeah for sure and so like this is a good i think this is a perfect entry point to just like bring you into the world of an er so i
2: I mean considering i took three pages of notes on the pilot episode alone
0: well it is a double episode
2: there's still a lot to digest yeah
1: (laughs) yeah most episodes for reference if if anyone actually is watching watching along with us for the first time, which, I don't know, I'd necessarily recommend that, because we're probably going to be talking about a lot of future stuff, too, so lots of spoilers. Yeah, normal episodes, it was a one-hour TV drama, on usually on Thursday nights on NBC for its original run. Um, but yeah, this, like I said, this and one is this... an hour and 27 minutes long, so like Daniel was saying, it is basically a feature-length movie, if you think about it. Which is ridiculous.
0: Yep. And this is also the only episode in the entire 331, this is the only episode that aired on a Monday. Every other episode Hmm. was a Thursday. Um, But this one actually aired on Monday, and it went up against Monday Night Football over on, I think, ABC at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they kind of used it as a, they used it as kind of like a test case. Like, can it do well against Monday Night Football? Which it very much did. 23.8 million people watched this episode. (laughs) That's, Unheard of that's, today.
1: That's a lot of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you don't you don't get anywhere near that
1: with with a live. I mean, it's also a that's a product of the times. A product of being 1994, not 2019, where everything's on demand and right. So, right.
2: should we get into what was going on at the time and get into the actual meat of the episode? Yeah,
1: sure, uh, Lauren. You want to read? Oh, rattle off a couple little 1994 facts. I sure what was would. happening this week.
2: So, first and foremost. My dearest Lizzie turned six. Happy birthday, Lizzie! Yay yeah, me! Um, the <laughs> number one movie at the time was *Time Cop*. The number one song was "I'll Make Love to You" by Boys to Men. And the U.S. lands three thousand troops in Haiti to restore the democratically elected government back to power.
0: You uh, say you? Uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and we never interfered in another country's affairs. Nope, never. I don't bad. know what you're talking about. All right, moving. on. Time. Isn't, isn't Time Cop, wasn't that, like, am I confused? What was the game that was in, like, arcades with the gun? Time was, Crisis. Like, time Crisis, yeah. damn it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Time well, Cop fuck is obviously the entire... movie. Yeah, Time
1: Crisis is the famed like gun game.
2: You had five letters, right?
1: Yeah. I got close enough just added a few extra ones in there it's fine all right so anyway so actually getting into the actual episode uh
2: you want to start with our first audio clip
1: yeah well so getting into getting into the episode we'll actually start with the very first lines that were actually ever spoken on the show a uh, little conversation between dr green and lydia uh, one of the nurses dr
2: green dr green what is it? Patient for you, Dr. Green. Can't the intern take it? Nice no, for you.
0: What time is it?
1: Five o'clock. Uh,
0: all right. Oh,
1: can't the intern take it? It's Dr. Ross.
0: Dr. Ross? I'll be right there. <laughs> The the excitement in his voice when he's like Doctor Ross, yeah, I can't wait, like he's like so, which that's also like one of the more fascinating parts of this episode for me is the whole like Clooney is a drunk thing, which Clooney's is like just a mess. That, <laughs> that, that that's one of those things that like they do sort of touch on that a little bit um, throughout his run on the show, like of where he's he's single guy, like he's a bachelor, he's. He gets in. Get, he parties a he's little a bit too much, and like gets himself in. Yeah, he's a womanizer. He parties too much. He gets himself into you know messes that he probably shouldn't. Um, but the whole like Clooney is a drunk who needs to like come to the ER and get fluids and get he needs taken a banana care bag of, like, <laughs> green
1: after a long night right. of partying like
0: that. That never comes up ever again. Like they drop that immediately, which I think is really interesting. It's one of the few little like threads that they start here in the pilot that they do not pick up on after that like it's like they allude to him being a partier and they allude to him being a, a wild yeah. man but never again is he referred to as like somebody who would show up to his job I think it's anymore. more like they played
1: up like the womanizer like
0: ladies man mm-hmm. type side of that a lot more especially as his
1: relationship with Nurse Hathaway sort of weaves weaves and ebbs and flows through its whole five six I forget when I forget the exact season when they run off together um, spoiler alert Um <laughs> Yeah, but that just seems to be, like, a
0: the one, like, th- through, through thread, however you want to say it. Um. Yeah, it just seems to me like they softened the edges on him a little bit. Like, it seems like his original incarnation was much more of the kind of tragic figure of just, like, he's this brilliant doctor, but he's also a complete and total mess in his personal life. And then they kind of just went away from that. They were like, no, 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 he's actually a really nice guy, but he's also just, you know is a womanizer, but no, he's not an alcoholic though. Like we're not going to like, we're not going to yeah. go down that road. I don't know. It just, I just yeah, thought it was don't
2: have him saying he's under the weather and asking for his own drugs while he's drunk in the ER.
0: Right. And then have him doing patient care less than 10 minutes later. Like,
1: yeah, what? well, I mean, I think it's like, a couple hours at that point, but like how, yeah, much, can, I mean, yeah, how much can
2: a banana glorified, bag, sa-
1: glorified saline really, really do for you?
2: Well, and I completely forgot in the, like, two years since i last watched these i completely forgot he was a pediatrician and so i was like oh my god they have this man taking care of children yeah and he's fantastic at it which we find out later in this episode and
1: throughout the entire throughout the entirety of his run on the show he is absolutely fantastic with kids and god he's beautiful
2: (laughs) though he is rocking this 1994 caesar cut
1: well it's nineteen. Yeah, it's nineteen ninety four.
0: They they're all. We have a couple. Caesar cut was big. Caesar cut was big. It, it's honestly fascinating to watch Clooney on his run on the like. You can almost mark where he is in his career by Fair. his haircut. <laughs> and like you can tell, you can tell when he goes off to do Batman. <laughs> like he's he's still on <laughs> ER, and you can tell when he goes off to do Batman because his haircut is. Just so. I just noticeable. have to say right now
2: though, although there are many great and magical friendships throughout this entire series, Ross and Green will be my one bro TP forever.
0: Ross and Green is a good one. I'm I'm myself I am partial to Benton and Carter. Yeah, that's that's gotta be
1: Benton and Carter for me as well.
2: And that's fair. But you're I, I think if you're
1: talking like best friends, I think you could probably argue Ross and Ross and Green, but I think Hence the bro teepee. That's, yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, because I always see, like, and we'll get into, the, I'll say we'll get into actually when they meet for the first time, Benton and Carter, later in this episode. Yes. Um, which is fantastic and has a great audio clip from it. I was, like, that sort of
0: teacher-student thing never really sort of goes away. Yeah 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 it's kind of like a it's not a father-son thing it's they make it very clear that it's not a father but it's almost like a like big brother little brother thing yeah like he's constantly trying to get benton's approval and like it it, he will only let it out in like very small instances and then oh my god wait there's so much that this there's just miles of stuff to dig into with so
2: dr green hooks his body up with a banana bag tells him to go hang out in curtain two for a while and we get Dr. Ross all hooked up, and then we have Susan Lewis come and start talking to Dr. Green about his personal life. I completely forgot he had a wife other than Elizabeth. <laughs> and I think it's because I willingly blocked this woman out. It's because that's because she Dr. Green and awful. Dr.
1: Corday are just are just just the best. That they're just the best.
2: We we start to hear about you know we get hints about how unhappy Dr. Green is in his marriage they're talking about how, you know, they never see each other and his wife wants him to go and take this job interview. So we're starting to see some of the tension that's built up there.
0: Yeah, she's uh she's something else. But I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it honestly. Like she's not given a ton to work mm-hmm. with. Like she's a character that she's a character that you never really um you never really get any sort of insight from her perspective. Like everything is, is from his perspective. Like she wants him to make more money and she wants him to work less and all this other stuff and it's like all very like his perspective and you almost never really get hers. They do honestly they do more with um, with Rachel, the daughter, throughout the yeah. course of the show than they ever do with Jennifer. Like Jennifer gets no shine whatsoever. Oh it's- yeah, no, yeah, especially when So yeah, especially when the daughter blanking on her name
2: rachel
1: rachel yeah rachel. when rachel especially in that whole season eight arc that she has it's she's absolutely fantastic and i and her character actually just becomes like a character but i kind i kind of feel like they're both sort of pushed to the side for for a lot of the time it's just like this thing like oh dr green oh has yeah a fa- dr definitely... green has a quote unquote family over here and his wife always nags him which, to be fair, her dem- her her requests, not, I almost said demands, but they're not really demands. Her requests are very reasonable when you're, you know, married to someone. Hey, I'd like to see you more. Hey, I would like it if we could, if you could be more of a right, dad yeah, to your that's daughter. kind of
0: my thing. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to, like, completely write her off as just a you know, stuck up bitch. Like it's, she has reasonable requests. Like you are a father with a daughter. Like I get, you're a doctor and I get you're helping people. That's great. But also you have this other responsibility. And so, I mean, it's, it's kind of a double-edged just, sword there. And I you, know. you
2: both bring up a good point, but it's just the way they portray her. It makes it so hard on first blush, to see that oh, and yeah. I just like in my notes I'm gonna be honest and this is terrible of me I actually put fuck Jennifer because just that the way they portray <laughs> her when he and when they're quit grabbing lunch together or breakfast or whatever time it is at this point yep. she just that actress nails it for exactly how they had that character written and it's just that immediate visceral response of no we feel sympathetic to Dr. Green already how can you be treating him like this and it's it's just they do such a good job portraying that, and having your first impressions of this character have her be so unapproachable.
0: Yeah, and the whole like, like they, then they they at the same time, well, I guess not at the exact same time, but in this within the same episode, they also try to introduce the like parallel arc of like him and Lewis's relationship slash friendship it. thing. It's I, I I like it too, but I also feel like it's so much unrealized potential like they just never really fully explore it like they kind of just you know dance on the surface of it a little bit and they just never really they never really take it anywhere but part of that is you know casting changes and things like that which is all stuff that comes up later on down the road but it's just it's interesting how that all kind of starts out they like they take No time whatsoever to, um, you know, ease you into things. Like they start throwing heavy duty plot threads at you. Like within the first half of the episode, I will
2: say with the friendship between Doctor Green and Doctor Lewis, those type of friendships do exist in real life. And yes, you could say it's wasted potential, but that's also just how life happens sometimes.
0: That's true. Yeah, it's it is very realistic in that way. Like it's they don't people don't always end up together, and people don't always you know. Go down those roads, so yeah, that's that's we'll a see good the point. See the
2: forest through the trees.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's important. It's important. I, th- I feel like I feel like Susan becomes a really, Im- like already is established, like even just in this little beginning, and becomes more of just a really important friend to Doctor Green, and I think that's really important to represent that on mainstream, and mainstream TV is just a, like even though they sort even though they do play with it a lot, like a sort of a will they won't they type of thing throughout throughout the seasons but like for the most part they're just friends
0: and
2: that's they just have a beautiful platonic friendship
0: yeah yeah it's honestly it's one of the other things that i kind of really like about this show is that um they do they do they're, they're ahead of the curve on a lot of things like we'll get into you know stuff as as they come up in episodes but like I had to keep reminding myself as I was watching the show, like this is 1994 or this is 1995, you know, depending on when these early episodes come up, like some of this stuff is like, yes, they're not a hundred percent correct in 2019 terms, but they are so far ahead of where you would think society, like a network drama type of society would be in 1994. You know, like there's certain things that you're just like, damn, like they were, they were not afraid to like, dig into this even 25 years ago like that's it's just one of the things that like I really appreciate like even something as simple as that like that you could have just a platonic relationship between a leading male and female character and never really go anywhere with it like never really take it beyond that um, even just for a one-off episode to like spike a rating like they they stayed true to the nature of the relationship and I don't know like it's one of many examples I find that they don't always do the predictable thing but they end up doing kind of the the right thing or the progressive thing going yeah. forward um
1: so getting into and then after that we get the first ever mass casualty incidents on this show a building collapse in the loop is what according
0: to the tv
2: we know where that is
0: yeah <laughs> i I have no idea i'm just imagining uh a giant That's, roundabout is it's that it's kind of yeah Okay, because if it's not, that's a. Way it's to just the name. exact center of
1: downtown, and then there's uh the the owl, which obviously will be featured heavily in the show uh um the light rail that runs around Chicago uh the loop is actually like considered the loop because of a cir- the circular the like their train tracks run around a circle of downtown so, in a loop in a loop ah um and then all different train lines feed into it and go out and it's super fun i love the cta um yay
2: public transit
1: yay some buildings yeah. collapse yeah some buildings collapse and here we go with another clip
0: Wilson in room four needs a cbc the man in five is a rule out mi waiting for cardiac enzymes in another 12 needs a dr ross he's in three sleeping it off why don't you wake him and get him out of there Nine, I need a uric acid. Do you know what this is all about? building collapsed in a loop. They're sending us a dozen ones. Yeah, well, who's on? Just us. Okay, forget all that. Call Susan Lewis, call the seventh and eighth floor. Tell them we need anybody they can spare. Why don't you do that now?
2: Okay. Also, I'm Um, sorry. I just need to point this out right now. If you're watching along with us, the doctor following Dr. Green along, he's just drawing circles. You look at his notepad and it's just circles. (laughs) I just, I just I need mean, you to know that's... that. Like, I noticed it, and I could not stop laughing.
0: In in his defense, they said it was in the loop. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so
2: Daniel, you are not on the show anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fired on the first episode. Damn it! Uh, no, I I love that whole. Like, I love the. So, basically, everything up to that point, with a few minor exceptions, everything up to that point has all been, like, static shots. Like, you would see, like, the camera would be positioned in one spot, and you'd be listening to them talk and, you know, do whatever. And then, from that point on, like, they're following Green and that other doctor down the hallway, and they're, like, doing kind of like the Aaron Sorkin thing, like the walk and talk, and... Then Benton comes in, and it's like, shit's hitting the fan, building collapsed, we gotta go. The music changes, the camera speeds up, like, every, the, the whole, like, tone and tenor of the show just goes into another gear. Like, everything just kind of, like, you, you get that as a viewer, like, oh shit, like, something bad happened, and, like, now everything from here on is gonna yeah, be Yeah, it's different. just,
1: it should, like, I love, the, like, the just in that little clip, I just love how it goes from, like, okay, this is a normal... Chaos that Mark is walking through to oh shit chaos <laughs> level of chaos with when after he t- after Benton tells him what's what's going on and just getting hit with just the sheer like controlled chaos that is like especially that I feel like is really well portrayed on these shows. Obviously, I've never been I've never been in a hospital when the uh, hospital emergency room when something like this has happened, something like this has happened, but I feel like the way everything sort of goes, like, everything works the way it sort of should, but, like, it seems like just a complete clusterfuck. I feel like they
0: portray that really well, and starting with this very first one. Which they pull no punches either. Like, within a minute or two, you are looking at the world's most disgusting gray dead hand <laughs> on this guy. And like
2: yeah in in my notes i put they flinch from nothing gross
0: nothing like so much blood so much like which i mean that's another thing that makes this show good like it's they they don't shy away from anything they don't try to like pretty it up or make it look like it's yeah no the prosthetic work in the show is amazing
1: and just the actual like the practical effects of everything the fact that like yeah it's it's just i just think it's a fantastic looking show from that from that perspective
2: I just also want to point out, Ross, Dr. Ross is now officially an hour and a half from getting those drugs. Should he really be working on the emergency patients that are coming through the trauma center?
0: Yeah, that that to me like had lawsuit written all over it. Like I, I asked my wife about that. Like I was like, should he be
2: here? Working? Like that <laughs>
0: yeah. seems like that doesn't seem. And she was kind of like. Uh, like she was like under any sort of like normal circumstances, she's like, absolutely not. She was like in a situation like this though, like where there it's a mass casualty type thing where it's like, like, obviously this, this is like a, uh, obviously a very 1994 a uh, big tragedy oh, yeah. type thing. Like, if this were like, say, you know, a nine eleven level tragedy, nobody would give a shit how long ago the the doctor had gotten the banana yeah. bag. Like, they would just be like, we need doctors. So it's kind of like, you know, she was kind of like, it's kind of a gray area ethically. She's like, he obviously shouldn't be um, if he was that drunk that he needed to like stumble into the ER, he then he shouldn't be working at all. But in a situation like this where it's all hands on deck, like it's kind of yeah. Uh,
1: so you go from that, and then you actually get some of the very first you know, get some of the very first uh Benton shots, like when he's actually working like in the trauma rooms, and you also get you also get one of the things that the show is known for with a lot of like those very like those one take swoops. Yeah, as one takes swoops through the trauma the rooms that are just absolutely from a cinematography perspective are still impress me to this day. Is very that, very very few other things have I ever seen that really come close to it on a TV show.
2: Is that going to be our technical term for the next three hundred and thirty episodes? The swoops.
0: The swoops. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so beautifully shot. Like it's just the camera never like there's no cuts there's no nut like it's just all like one continuous shot that just goes around oh my god I, like just thinking trying to visualize it in my head and if I you
1: listen it. to some of the special features too on like later especially like on later seasons they talk about they talk about those shots and how like they're simultaneously like the biggest bitch in the entire world because you have to do them all in one take and there's so much medical terminology that you have to throw out in such a sh- in a short amount of time just like a normal emergency situation, um but right. they're, they're also like a lot of the actors really love them because because of that, because they're so challenging because they're so they come out so well, and really no other show is does it quite like that,
0: yeah, I was reading like doing some of the research for this, and this this kind of carries forward throughout um so apparently like all the medical ter- obviously if you're a doctor or you're a nurse like you've been in medical school you've been in like you've been immersing yourself in all this terminology and stuff for years so that just kind of rolls off the tongue um for these actors though like they were given a script with very authentic medical terminology like they did not pull any punches with this like you are going to call this drug by its exact name or you are going to call this uh You know, piece of anatomy by its exact because that's part of the appeal of the yeah. show is how how authentic it's supposed to be like a slice of life of like an actual publicly run emergency room <laughs> exactly yeah it's it's the authenticity is kind of what sells it um but so supposedly everybody like did their homework, like everybody was like on point learned their terminology. Le- had everything memorized. Didn't fuck up or or fucked up rarely, um, except Clooney. Clooney <laughs> could not be fucking bothered to learn any of the shit. Like that he doesn't surprise me. would like he would. They said that he would like write. Uh, the words that he was supposed to say in a scene, like the like medical terminology, he would either like write it on his hand, or if he had to like have his hand visible in the scene, he'd have like a notepad in a drawer, and he'd have the like drawer like next to him open so that he could like peek oh at God. it when the camera wasn't <laughs> on him. Like, he was the only one out of the entire cast who couldn't be bothered to learn the shit. On a I'm regular gonna basis. look for that it now. Just... Yeah, I was gonna say like that sounds extra something to look for
1: while we're when we're going forward. Yeah, Cause, yeah, you don't get too much of him. In, it's it's he seemed, it seems like he, he he's a rarer occurrence in these actual in these shots, be just because of by nature of him being a pediatrician, and they don't do right. like, they don't do like as many like obviously the vast majority of your trauma cases that you're gonna film are probably gonna be adults,
0: right? Yeah, well, and he also he gets blood vomited onto his chest in the first like thirty yeah. seconds, and I guess they they like send him off to go get cleaned yeah. up because
1: like... he has like no idea what the hell he's doing with this older woman. So it's like not only not only yeah, were you drunk an hour and a half ago, you're oper- you're trying to treat someone who is not in your demographic. wheelhouse.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's out of his element and he's he's under the weather, as they say. Like he's it, it's it's not a great start for for George. But
2: also, I love I love the patient who's who's Susan is caring for at this point. Who goes? Are you married? And she just responds, No, oh, I'm the const- a doctor like <laughs> she
1: says it more like no i'm a doctor." like just in but that very susan tone I'm that she just has saying, like
2: everything everything susan says i internalize in that harder tone because it's like you know that's how she wants to say it
1: she's just a bitter old lady and it's I, no at, she's in, not in an soul. old lady well she, she, like not physically old but like she's in yeah, her, she's soul, just though. a bitter
0: old soul like i think
2: and i love her
0: when her like boyfriend calls while she's got the X rays yeah. later in the episode, and she's like clearly distracted, and she's like,
2: "I thought we broke yeah. up." Yeah,
0: like she's clearly like has no time for this fuck boy. <laughs>
2: but she makes time. I thought you and Paul broke up. She makes time. Well, we did. She's like, eh,
0: you know, whatever. Yeah, it just the whole it, it's goddamn it, <laughs> it's so good. Like everything <laughs> is just like. Like it's so authentic to every, like relationships are messy. Like speaking from personal experience, like when you date or are married to someone in the medical field, you do have to sort of accept that there are going to be times where you just aren't going to see them. Like they're going to be, it's not, it's not like having a regular office job where you can just pick up the phone and call them anytime. Like they could literally be in the middle of like pinching off somebody's artery and, and you are like, you know, sitting at home, like, doing nothing and they're saving somebody's life so it's it, it really is so authentic to the nature of personal relationships within the medical field that like it does take a back it by nature it has to take a back seat to what you're doing because what you're doing is literally impacting and then
1: also th- sort of throughout all of this you know ben is being a cocky bastard and really trying to just be like the most alpha male of alpha males that there ever was <laughs> in this em- in this emergency room uh. um and then to contrast that to carol Really just is just sort of like the quiet, strong, steady one throughout all of it, but like everyone everyone knows she's there and knows she know like knows that they can rely on her, but like she's very soft spoken about it she's doesn't really like assert herself at all and is just sort of like there in the background
2: it just seems like everybody kind of takes her for granted that yeah. she's gonna be there right when they need her,
0: yeah, she's very like for lack of a better word, I'm trying to come up with a better one, but like, she's kind of like ethereal. Like she kind of just floats yes. through everything. Like she's just, things are happening around her. There's lots of explosions and things happening and all sorts of like fires burning down. And she's just kind of calm and like walking through the middle of it. People are running past her and asking her things. And she's just calmly giving the answer and is not like, she doesn't seem to be as, affected by the chaos as everyone else is. And I do find like my wife, that's how my wife is like, she is the, the best person to have around in an emergency because she stays a hundred percent calm. Even one of our first dates, we saw a guy on a motorcycle get hit by a drunk driver. And she literally like, I lost my entire like gut and like all the color drained out of my face. And she, she went, she ran off and held his leg together until the ambulance got there. Like, she took complete control of the situation and was just calm as could be. And then as soon as it was all over with, like, the ambulance shows up, they take the guy away, they do the whole deal. I'm still, like, shaking. Haven't Mind you, I haven't done shit. <laughs> I'm just standing there. Like... I'm still like shaking and like I don't know what to do with myself. And she just like rips off her latex gloves that the paramedics gave her, and she's like, "So, what do you want to do for dinner?" Okay. And like, you're married, I, you're married to a badass.
2: I really enjoyed her company when we all met for dinner, but I think I might be a little in love with your wife now.
0: <laughs> she's she's <laughs> pretty pretty badass. I
2: got it. But I'm also wondering, say. going back to Carol for a second, I'm yeah. sorry, but no, with, that, with that ethereal statement. I'm also wondering how much of our observations about this and her behavior are colored by what we know happens later in the episode. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to say. I was like as someone who has as someone who has dealt with suicidal depression for the majority of my life at this point, ever since I was a teenager, like I can see like where that headspace would be. It's like right before it's like when you like sort of like know something's something's gonna happen like something so like a switch is flipped in your head and you just get calm so you can kind of take it one you can kind of take her demeanor in this first half of this episode one two ways you could take it as either her just being that strong calm at the center at the eye of the storm that is the er but you could also take it as her
2: already having said goodbye yeah you
1: could you uh you could take yeah. it you could take she's it as yeah, her has already like had made peace of the fact that she's going to go home she's going to swallow a whole bottle of pills she's going to drink yeah drink she's going to
0: kill herself it's an interesting like dichotomy too because like from my perspective like i always that's that's always been one of my like biggest sticking points and biggest criticisms about the pilot episode is that they do drop such a bomb on you in the second act or second half, whatever you want to call it, um, with Hathaway that I've always sort of, again, from my perspective, I've always sort of felt like wasn't really like Earned, yeah you know like it was it, it was very like it, it, it felt very much like a season two or a season three type of cliffhanger or even a even a season finale of season one kind of cliffhanger it did not feel like something that should have happened in the second act of of the pilot episode like it was like what like this to me it comes out of complete left field but as somebody who's never really dealt with the like effects of suicidal depression like i that that just didn't even enter into my like thought process of like oh that but thinking about it through that lens it makes more sense yeah
1: i could see i could see that but i think like when you're talking about like actually trying to get an audience hooked into the show like oh one of the main characters attempted suicide in the very first episode like that would get people talking in 1994 like Especially that was
2: very true so much more taboo then.
1: yeah like, that's not something you really saw. You really saw a whole lot back then. Yeah. So, that's yeah, very we're true. getting a little ahead of ourselves <laughs> with that. But another thing we had noted is that you also see right away that not everyone lives. That this is just like real life. There are going to be people that you just can't save. And obviously, that'll affect all these all the doctors and nurses differently for different patients different and all and all other stuff but you, like you immediately see Dr. Green have to tell someone that their i think it's their father I think so yeah uh oh, that a yeah. family member died and just you get that first like not very well acted but you get that first like moment of <laughs> get that first like moment of like Grief.
2: He gets the point across. Yeah, he
1: gets the point across, but it's just it's just so cheesy the way. He...
0: That was his platoon. Like that was his <laughs> like. That was that guy's like. This is my chance. Like I'm gonna make a mo- Like I'm gonna have a career off of this one little thirty second interaction. And oh my god, it's so bad. Spoiler uh, alert. That's like didn't. one of the only things that sticks out for me in this episode. Of just like it pulls me out a little yeah. bit when I have to like watch this guy flail on Green's chest. Like, it's just, you best uh, Oh, no. God, just, uh. Uh, uh,
1: like, Anyway, from yeah. going into that to something much more entertaining, uh, the next scene, when sort of, like, all at this point, all of the chaos has sort of calmed down. And they're all, uh, most, all, most of the doctors are out in the, doing their charts in, in the, br- yeah, in the lounge. Oh, yeah, in the lounge. And we get uh, this, this lovely clip something wrong?
2: Oh, you bet there is. We're out of coffee again because the nurses have been taking it. That's what's wrong. Make some more. Make some more? We work 36
0: hours on, 18 off, which is 90 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. For that, we are paid $23,739 before taxes, and we also have to make the coffee. My heart is breaking. Ben is such a fucking asshole. He (laughs) really... He has turned the prick up to 11 in this like he is just uh he is just he is just ugh. He,
2: he is a dill don't <laughs>
0: He's very he, – from, again, talking to my wife, like, he is very authentic, though, to not all doctors. Hashtag not all doctors. <laughs> uh, but he, he's apparently very authentic to the dynamic that you see a lot of times between doctors and is nurses. Is that still in 2019 like, a thing? Yes. At least it was, you know, like, you know, she, she – my wife works. She's done both. She's worked because she used to be um, – in the military and so she uh she's done it kind of both on the military side and on the civilian side so i i imagine on the military side there's probably an added layer of kind of pretentiousness on the doctors where they've got this yeah. like sense of superiority about what they're doing you know she's basically said like you get your good doctors that know that the nurses you know they, they would not be able to survive without the nurses but then you do get Bentons occasionally who think that they are God's gift to yeah, medicine. Yeah, think they're the hottest shit under the sun. <laughs> right. That that nurses should exist solely to like cater to their every whim, up to and including yeah. making. And the uh, we
1: did do the the inflation rate conversion, and twenty three thousand seven hundred and thirty nine dollars in nineteen ninety four uh, equals out to forty one thousand ninety eight dollars and ten cents in twenty nineteen as of this recording.
0: Which is low, you know, yeah. compared to, for working, for working 90 hours a week, that is low, I will say. Um, but also, shut the fuck up, basically. Yeah. Is what but also I, make your like, own fucking coffee and
1: don't be a bitch about it.
0: Right. Nobody forced you to become a doctor. Like, you'll be, yeah. you'll be making hundred and twenty grand or more here pretty and soon, in, don't worry. And
2: in the time it took you to bitch about this coffee, you could have already had a pot going.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then also with that scene, just sort of overall, like, just the overall, like, conversation that's going on. Everyone just seems to know that Mark's marriage is
0: a fucking mess. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, yeah, it seems like everybody but him. Like, he's the one that seems like he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Yeah, we're good. good." And everybody else. I think he kind of knows,
1: but it's just more it's just more of he's doesn't want this. Maybe doesn't necessarily want to believe it.
0: Yeah, he's still in that, like, avoidance. Yeah. Thing of like he just doesn't want to deal. I don't even thought it's necessarily that he doesn't want to believe it because I don't even know that he necessarily believes it when he says it's fine. I think it's more so that he's just too busy and he doesn't want to deal with it. Like it's one more thing he's got to like manage, and so he's just like, it's fine. And then
1: from that scene, they go right into where we actually meet Jennifer for the first time.
0: Uh, I
2: I apologize, I had this mixed up with the earlier portion where. She
0: was so excited to shit all over the I Jennifer sure was. jumped the gun <laughs> by 20. Jennifer in her giant sweater and her giant glasses.
2: By like 25 minutes.
0: The most 90s, 90s that ever 90'd. I,
2: apolog- I apologize, Jennifer. I hated you 20 minutes sooner than I should have. <laughs> My bad.
0: It's okay. If you needed a reminder that it's 1994, just take look no further than poor little Rachel, 4-year-old yeah. or whatever she is. Rachel's little like I don't even know what it is. Like it's it's like the AIDS quilt, but if it was a shirt. <laughs> like it's like all patches God. and like different co- I mean, I mean that endearingly, like, you know. But like it's all like patches of different colors and just like Oh, uh, I, I think know.
2: Lizzie might need to pause for a second. You might have killed her.
0: Oh shit. Yeah. Uh,
2: uh. that was excellent okay yeah Yeah, like to to put it in perspective my loathing for jennifer i have jesus jennifer can you acknowledge that your fucking husband is an er doctor with a hectic job you look tired seriously like
0: yeah she i mean she's supposed to be in law school right if any if if anybody should understand the struggle like I feel like a, a law school student would get, you know, how stressful and how like exhausting working in an ER but, would be. Too, I feel like there's, but, a, I, I but again, like, I feel like e- being an ER doctor would be like next level though because you have to
1: work like 24 hours in a row sometimes. Like the title sure. of this episode, 24 hours. It's following 24 hours in County General's ER.
2: Right, and I just want to say, it just seems like she's so going through the motions with this. Because she already asks him, "Oh, are you going to go to that interview?" And she's like, "Oh, I know you'll probably hate it. Like if you know your husband's going to hate something, don't pretend don't pretend to do sympathize it? Yeah. with it and still p- push him to go. Like you can't have it both ways.:
1: Okay, so yeah. after Jennifer is done being a bitch. Uh,
2: we, I, I, I do not like using, I probably said it like three times already, but I don't think we should be calling ladies bitch in 2019 unless it's baddest bitch.
1: That's, that's, oh. that's fair. After Jennifer's done being a jerk, um, being difficult. Yeah. Being an unsympathetic spouse.
2: Ooh. How about go. that? That's very well,
0: adult. Well said. Well said.
1: We get, oh, oh joy. We get to go into this next lovely clip. Where we meet the babyest baby that ever babied in John Carter. Is this,
0: <laughs> you'll see. Da, is you'll this, see, Daniel. Is this the uh, the Avengers assemble scene where they all like kind of come? We get the shot from the opening intro yes. where they're all like in the same. Yes, yes. I love. All that right. Scene. Oh no! Would you look at this? Oh, that's the first tailored white coat I've ever seen.
2: Who
0: oh, is it I think he knows anything? He
2: knows that dress. Well. It's my student. I'll find
0: out. Littlest
2: baby Carter.
1: Oh, Oh, you sweet summer
0: child.
2: Oh. <laughs> the babiest that ever babied.
0: Yeah. Just with, with his fucking part down the middle and just... Could they have made him look more like a 12-year-old? He just looks like such the little, like, rich boy. He's got the part in the middle and the tailored white coat. Like, they do everything in their power to, like... Give you the visual cue of like this kid is in over and his the hand. doe
2: eyes and
0: mean and he
1: even mentions that like he doesn't know how to do jack shit because he did psychiatry and dermatology rotations before this the it's well like, oh, yeah. the, the well w- dress dressed yes I love that line too <laughs> so he doesn't even yeah. let's like okay let's throw this kid into his surgical rotation like one of like the most advanced of what I what one of what I uh, imagine to be the most difficult rotations when you're in medical school. And without a, even knowing how to place a fucking IV.
2: In an ER.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Look, He's, like, you couldn't,
1: I think you could have hmm. planned that better there, uh, Mr. Medical School people.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, and it's, it kind of gives you a little glimpse of what you eventually get with Carter of like, cause you think about it, like, he is rich. He has all the connections in the world. Like, he, there's no real, there's no logical reason why he should end up in the ER of a downtown public city hospital. Like he should After be treating getting,
1: skin and depression.
0: Right. Exactly. Like he should be getting dropped into the cushiest residency that his He money should be buy. going
2: into the job that Green is interviewing for. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so like it's it, it's a Very without giving away too much, it is a fascinating glimpse into the character of John Carter. Where you know, he is this sort of like almost benevolent type of person. Where like he has all, yes, he has all this money and all this you know access and everything, but he generally kind of shies away from it in service of doing. More for others, like he he wants to just help people. You know, he doesn't want to just treat tennis elbow and you know stuff like that. Like in a in a fancy hundred fifty thousand dollar a year practice, like he, he wants, wants to do like, like fucking intubations and tricks and right. Like he wants to get down in the trenches and like do the shit. And so like they, but they do that. Like they don't spell that out for you, but they just, they just like a visually yeah visually they give you all the clues that they're like this kid was born with a silver spoon in his yeah. mouth and there's no fucking reason why he should be in the middle of this shitstorm. but yeah and then of course is. uh you meet uh mr william h macy who i oh for some reason i always forget that he's on the
1: show because he's like he's i do too he's barely on the show but william h macy as uh david Morganstern and the lovely line uh when he's talking with him, when he's talking with Carter and Benton, uh Doctor Benton is one of the best surgeons we have. Learn everything you can from him, except attitude. And then Benton is yeah, just I like, love that, I love that it's that. just yes,
0: he did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just accepted that like everyone knows Benton's an asshole. Like nobody's, nobody has any like illusions about. No, he's a brilliant surgeon. Yes, he's a brilliant surgeon, but he also that to and be he an also
2: asshole. at one point tells Carter, "This is where the pill pushers kill their victims." And it's like no, not everything is about surgery, and it's clear that he just disdains everyone that isn't a surgeon.
0: Yeah, yeah, he definitely has that like, uh, what is it, like superiority complex when it comes Uh, to surgery. So then, after
1: that, you're going into one of his first things. One of Carter's, Carter's very one of Carter's very first uh, IV patients is uh, Frank.
2: We're up, we're up by the sutures.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he does sutures first. Yeah, yeah, on we're, this we're on this po- on this poor older woman who is like, what the what the fuck? All right, you 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 don't know what you're doing, too.
2: What, when right, do I are... need these taken out? Yeah,
1: like just like just the look on her face as he starts to go go in to do the sutures
0: for the first time. Just her eyes just get super wide. Like I'm gonna die. <laughs> that that speaks to me on a very like human level too, because it's one of these like weird like not fears, but like one of these weird like hangups I have of like you have a profession like doctor like it's the person that literally holds your life in their hands and just by definition there has to be a worst doctor who's ever become a doctor (laughs) like there has to be like just by definition there has to be the worst person who's done the minimum amount of stuff to be able to be a doctor and so like the idea that you could in theory be sitting in front of the little worst doctor that has ever been it's like Uh, uh, like I don't know, like I was. I've never thankfully never had
1: anything quite like sutures done by by a student doctor, but I've been treated by student doctors in various emergency rooms around Chicago. Uh, because we are home to Rush University, which is one of like the biggest medical schools in the entire fucking country, and Northwestern, and Northwestern too, which is a which is a huge campus downtown, just off Michigan Avenue, on the north on the near north side of Chicago. But, yeah, I've never had anything – like, I would be fucking – I would I would absolutely ask for someone else if I was her in that situation. Just,
0: like – Yeah, and, and Benton doesn't really do anything to, like, assuage her concerns at all. He's kind of just like, yep, you got it. Leave him with the kid and, yeah. like, just di- dips. Like, doesn't tell the lady, like, he's good at this. He's done it a million times, even if it's a lie. Yeah. Like, he just – He's just like still in Benton world where he's like I'm the best. I'm gonna go do other shit.
2: Well, and then we get the me. first real example of how great Doctor Ross is with kids, with this neurotic mother who's like, oh my my baby he was he was vomiting blood and he's he's very high strung and yeah. anxious over everything. Yeah. And oh,
1: we forgot to mention that Doctor Ross also gets a medical student in this th- one that he, yes. on. yeah, that he tries to hit on. Yeah, they tries to hit on immediately, immediately and, gets, who, and gets rebuffed.
2: I've got all the friends and who I disappears. need. Yes, and she's gone after the first episode. She's gone after the
0: first episode, which I was kind of disappointed by, like because like you said she kind of throws it right back at him like, "No, fuck you, buddy. I don't need like I'm here to work. I'm not here to be your like not, I'm identity. not here to fuck. I'm here to I'm here to fucking right. learn.
2: To fuck shit up."
0: Yeah. So I was just I was disappointed, but I I I can see why she didn't come back. Just they needed to cut somewhere. Like the cast was getting a little bit bloated and so like they had to like trim it down so, every episode can't be 90 minutes oh yeah so like they're not going to be able to like dedicate time but it was just I don't know I, and I would have liked to this is a theme that continues a lot especially in the early seasons of the show is um, people will just kind of leave and not always get a actual like reason for leaving yeah. like people just kind of go away and that this is kind of the first yeah. example um, of
1: and then from there you get another scene of uh, Carol sort of just everyone just knowing that she's there and just her just there's another thing of rapid fire questions at her while she's going to a drug while she's going to lock up some drugs or get some drugs she's going to the little mini pharmacy that they have in the center near the trauma rooms that is a frequent scene setter rather I don't know how to say that but <laughs>
0: it's a frequent setting duh yeah that's one of the biggest like um kind of flashpoint like there's lots of stuff that you know setting wise that like reminds you that this is 1994 but that's one of the biggest ones that you can be like damn like stuff is a lot different now because like she opens that with just like a key like she just like a regular old just like like she's opening a you know uh, a doorknob like she just kind of like sticks key in and and she's into all of the prescription medication yeah all, that... all of the opioids all of the right like now now like in a in 2019 like in an er like you have an id card with a code attached to it with like they know who opened that cabinet at what time and what drugs were taken out like stuff's not just sitting in there on a shelf like it's piecemealed mailed yeah. out to you by dosage like it's such a stark difference between where they are here. And, yeah, and then, and then, and then, then excuse
1: me for getting my head on myself a little bit before.
0: Now we get introduced to Frank,
2: um, our lovely this
1: is our lovely <sighs> <unforespelt> looking <laughs> Frank.
2: He's an idiot, but he's our precious cranky racist idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I I like
0: Frank. Obviously, shows up later, and you know he's his he is what he is. Like I. I I never liked Frank. Like I I full disclosure. Like I am not a Frank fan. I don't I don't even find him like ironically funny. Like to me, because to me he's just a symbol of so many guys uh, that I know. That's of like that's real. The, He's Yeah, he's too real. Like, he's too, you know... I mean, there are definitely... He has his moments. I yeah. don't want to say he's completely irredeemable. He does have his moments throughout the show, but they are few and far between. There's so many times where I just want to well, fucking him. Well, and Jerry him. is clearly superior. Obviously. Jerry, Jerry, and, T- Jerry, Jerry and Tim is... are my
1: favorites of all
0: of the... Oh, we haven't even talked about Tim yet. I was so... Like, talking about getting ahead of ourselves, I was so happy to see Tim come back in season 10. Yeah. Like, I was so excited for that. The only other, like, he was one of the, I'm a big, like, oh shit, it's that guy person. Like, yeah. I will, I'm, I may not know where I know them from, but I'll know, I'll be like, I know that guy. And Tim was one of my first ones in this show where I was like, who the fuck is that? Like, I know that guy. I don't know where I know him from. And then looking through IMDb, he was in fucking speed <laughs> with Keanu Ree- <laughs> Like, he was the guy driving the convertible next to the bus that like keanu reeves like commandeers like and i was like i from the same year too that's 94 also so like he's doing what a year this fucking guy has he gets er and speed in the same year
1: yeah and then also uh jerry is in twister like in 95 or 96 he's a part of uh carrie always yeah carrie always is a science team he's one of the drivers i think of like the big van Mm -hmm. in the back
0: I'm not gonna say that my like my reference point for Jerry is George of the Jungle, but my reference <laughs> point for Jerry is George of the Jungle. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, and Jerry is a precious, precious man, and I love him, and we must protect him at all costs because he's my probably my favorite background character. Oh yeah, and whenever show. he gets hurt in random things, we're just like, Jerry, no. Like That's gonna be a hard yep. one for me to get yep. Yeah. That yep. We all know the episode I'm talking about. I was about, just about to talk ju- about it, yep. It's, it 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 upsets me to no end and i mm, yeah. that's going to be we've
2: a got a couple tough ones coming up
0: all right but th- let's so let's we got to get out of season 10 and we got to stick with the pilot yeah here. we're
1: yeah we're we're getting in the weeds here a little bit <laughs>
0: frank's the worst frank's, let's yeah. put a pin in the frank uh thing like but, i yeah. don't know man but
2: carter survives him manages to get the iv and says the worst is over <laughs>
0: You do get you do get a very signature Frank face after that though, like when he,
2: <laughs> just
0: <laughs> yeah he does he is a good and face then after
1: from that you go just that. you go into
2: there's a patient talking to Doctor Green insisting on a neurological exam and Doctor Green's telling him no it you're fine it's really probably X Y Z and the guy just straight up says you're just saying that because I'm black you don't want to spend the money on having me checked out and it just it shows right away they're not going to shy away from these tough conversations even this early on they're going to acknowledge race they're going to acknowledge sex they're going to acknowledge sexuality and they're going to have these tough conversations or at least have the balls to bring them up
1: yeah it's an urban trauma center specifically in chicago where obviously there is a huge
2: disparity yeah
1: huge african-american population and yeah, yeah treatment that, inequality. Yeah, exa- And yeah, and there's a lot of that's that's a whole that's a whole issue for a whole another show that <laughs> that people a lot smarter and more well versed than us can speak on. But yeah, there's a lot. Let's just say there's a lot better hospitals on the north side than the south side in this city, and a lot more of them,
2: with the exception of one that I won't name. Yeah, but yes, then we go outside and we see. Ah, yes. It's a snowy day in Chicago out of seemingly nowhere.
1: In March is because, when this episode takes yes, place.
2: <laughs> and we find out that a cab driver has a pregnant woman in his car and she is delivering now.
0: Oh, and poor poor little doe-eyed baby Carter like just gets taught like goes right from his dermatology rotation into like now he's got his hand between holding a, a baby legs. in. Ugh. Like, yeah. like, oh. Like you could just you feel the fear coming off. Right. Of him and in the that beginning
2: moment. of the weather trope comes up with it snowing on March seventeenth. Yes. Unbelievable. This will become a very common thread.
0: Yeah, weather comes up again and again. like people always remarking on oh it stopped raining. Like oh it's st- I think like- it's
2: four times in this episode alone.
0: Yeah, that it's one of those little tiny things that like just came up again and again so, and again. Yeah.
2: Carter's got his hand in a woman's nethers holding her baby in
1: (laughs) and looks absolutely (laughs) petrified as you would if you go if the last thing you probably the last medical procedure you probably did before today was like removing someone's mole and
2: this baby is born and it's it's alive it's great it's a magical moment for carter but how do they make fresh babies on tv look so disgusting and gooey
0: I mean, it's probably one of those like there's pract- probably like a very gross I answer, just, like ugh. practical effects wise. Like I feel like it's like I feel like jelly's involved mm-hmm. and like yeah. just- it might be
2: because I'm just not a baby person. But I see I see newborns on medical TV shows and I'm just like, ugh.
0: New yeah. newborns
2: yeah. are gross, man. Newborns and then are the not- R and B that they're playing in the background. It's so on this scene. fucking
0: cheesy. It's
2: so over the top. And oh it's, my god! So- it's really. It really out of place
0: with like everything else in the in the even just in the score. Like the score is pretty good, and this just like sticks out. They tone this down
2: so much in following episodes. Like I think this is the most saccharine thing we see, and I think they learn from this and they tend to Mm -hmm. keep more subtle scoring. Yeah, because you still like
1: when you have like future successful baby deliveries that that are supposed to be happy moments. You still have like the lighter music in the background, but it's not quite like. Yeah, R&B. Like, yeah the really weird r&b stuff that's in the background here
0: so after that do we go i'm i know i know coming up i'm just trying to get my order of operation straight here i know i know we get into the like gang violence thing like almost because it's like a pretty yeah. quick like yeah. tone shift like we go from like happy everybody's happy new life to like a child i mean you know a, what is he yeah. 12 or something like just a, bloody a child right, of, I think
2: right before that, Peter's up there getting um something from the radiologist Steve, who I wish we had more of, where he's just taking yeah I wish he was yeah. I wish, yeah. his sweet time taking his notes just to make Peter's life hell, and I wish there was more people in this show that stuck it to Peter but. it's
0: fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, he's a background character that you just don't. I mean, he he sticks around like for a little while, but he's not like he's not very long. He's for not the like, show. A, like he's, he's not, not a Jerry a, or a Lydia. Yeah, he doesn't make an ass. He doesn't make an exactly. As yeah, so it's kind of yeah. He, I I would have liked to have seen yeah, more. Yeah, and so
2: him. Peter's an ass to him, and then we go into the shotgun trauma, or not shotgun trauma, but the gun. Yeah, uh, the, the gu- I
0: think it was. I think they said it was Noozy.
2: Yeah, the gang violence. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's so many peaks in this show. Like, there's so many that, like, on any like normal episode, this would be the right. big yeah. thing. And then you
1: hard right. pivot. Yeah, and like they just sort of like gloss over that just to show, hey, this happens, and they hard pivot right into Mark at his job interview. Well,
2: even even with the yeah. gang violence, they also acknowledge, like, hey, call security. There might be the threat of them coming to finish him off.
1: Oh yeah, and that will that yeah. will also be a recurring theme throughout this throughout the show
2: apologies I just wanted to make note of
0: that no no yeah that's that's totally a good point is it is it Clooney's medical student is she the one that makes the call to security I kind of wonder did they get like was that sort of like part of her background like unspoken like reasoning for why she doesn't stick around is like she's like no this fuck this shit this is too crazy for me I'm gonna go like yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I As unsatisfying as it is when a character just leaves for no reason, I do like it when there's even sort of an unspoken... I'll accept in, that yeah. headcanon. And on a side note, I'm actually just really
1: glad that they don't, like, make this, like, an every-episode thing, just because that is sort of a common narrative about yes. Chicago as a whole that I really fucking hate, is that it's some... That it's it's, it's, the, it's yeah, a yeah war it's this zone goddamn war zone. All we are is, all it's Chirac. All we are
2: is gun violence.
1: Yeah, and while obviously there is... A lot of gun violence
2: and, in the city. And, it's
1: okay. mostly... In the city, you're mostly safe outside right. of a few neighborhoods. And as long as you're not stupid, even in those neighborhoods, you're probably fine. And
2: we're, we're also speaking from... I'm going to acknowledge it, a point of privilege, being up on the north side. Yeah, but we
1: are two white people that live on the north side of Chicago.
2: Right. But at the same time, everybody I've talked to who lives in the city says, yeah, as long as you're not being an idiot and you mind your own business... You're mostly okay.
1: Yeah, and as a former Uber driver, having like gone through and like been in those areas for a decent amount of time, I've never felt unsafe
2: in a Prius.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. in a Prius, the whitest white car that ever whited. Um.
2: So yeah, it's just it's appreciated that while they acknowledge it, they don't make it a focal point of the entire yeah. show.
1: It's not a trope that they right. go back to
0: over. Yeah, and over they don't and over beat again. you
1: over the head with it. Like obviously, there's times where it does come up,
0: but. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's very like nuanced. It's a very honest, yeah, nuanced and honest portrayal of just like this is happening, but it's not it doesn't define the department or it doesn't define the the city. Yeah, I, I like the way that that's portrayed sure. portrayed too. Okay,
1: and then getting back into the the actual getting back into the episode, like I said before, you kind of hard pivot from that gun violence scene to the bougiest. Medical office I've ever seen in my entire life, even to this day. I
0: think. Yep. Yeah, that was like white privilege. The ride, <laughs> yeah. like that was just.
2: That was a country club to into a doctor's office.
0: Yeah, like that, and that doctor that he's talking to—he was another one, like Tim, that I was like, I know that fucking guy. I don't know who um, he. Yeah, is. Yeah, I, I don't know who he, but... who he is either, but. I looked him up. The only thing that I can think of with him is that I think he played a bad guy on X Files once. Like, that's about the only crossover with my, like, kind of scope that I can think of. But it wasn't even, like – it wasn't, like, a character name that jumped off the page at me that I was like, that's where I know him from. He just has one of those faces. Yeah. But he did – he perfectly, you know, kind of – Encapsulated that like out of touch bougie doctor of just like yes I'm a doctor and yes I have all the ability to help people in the world but instead I go to like you know Hawaii for conferences and I ski yeah. all the time like and we have a
2: sauna making,
1: making 120,000 right in
0: 1994 dollars which is probably be about
1: plus yeah. bonuses like they're oh yeah. my probably god like north it's easily north of 200 and probably twenty twenty
2: five k well and what I'm curious about is why are they so invested in Mark, and how did he get this dream interview at this bougie-ass country club doctor's office anyway?
0: Yeah, how the hell did they hear about Mark Green? Didn't they say, in like while they're walking around talking to him, didn't they say that, like, Morgan Stern oh, was talking yeah, about Oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah. They were like, Morgan Stern says you're the best doctor he's yeah. ever seen come through the ER. and like, So, like, he's getting the, like, Luke Skywalker treatment of, like, you're the chosen yeah. one. Fair. And, like, I mean, you know, but you can tell, like... From the minute he walks through the door, that like Green's not into it, and like he's he's, he's like, clearly he's uh, doing this to play Exactly, yeah. He's he's never even remotely considering it. Like he's just doing it, like you said, to to check the box to be able to say yeah. he did it and go back and tell her like, yeah. no, it didn't it's work like, out.
1: Yeah, it's nice. I'll think about yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Like he's <laughs> clearly Mark is such an interesting character because he's clearly unhappy is not the right word, but he's clearly like discontented. Like he's got a lot of things going on in his inside. Like he's, he's battling a lot of different uh, thoughts and ideas. And like, he's, Mm -hmm. he's trying to make sense of his life. But one thing, the one thing that like stays constant with him is the ER. Like the ER is what keeps bringing him back to center, even though it's not always a dream job and he doesn't get paid enough and he deals with a bunch of shit and he, you know, it's just, it's a drain on him both physically, mentally, and emotionally it's still the thing that kind of keeps bringing him back to center. Like it's still the thing that he can always kind of turn back to and, and throw himself yeah. into to bring himself back from the the edge where like when all of the other stuff kind of creeps in, he can throw himself into helping people at the ER and that's what makes him happy. And you can just tell when he's in, when he's thrust into this other environment that he can just see that like, it's almost like the walls are closing in. Like he's like, you, you mean to tell me that I'm not going to have the one thing that makes me happy. Like, no <laughs> like yeah he i just mean runs the, ER is,
1: the er is his second home essentially and that's his actual family probably more so than jennifer and rachel are for a good part of the series um yeah okay so then and then the weather comes up again when did it start raining it's, and it's always it's frost throughout the entire episode saying these things by the way just just making note of
2: <laughs> someone walks in they've got snow on them they've got rain on them when did it start snowing when did it start raining yeah. like
1: like, I think he just walks by the emergency, like, where the ambulance the runs come
0: in. and Yeah, until you pointed it out, I never really considered how little, like, because in, in hindsight, like, Clooney is obviously, like, the biggest star to ever come out oh, of this show. Oh, by far. But it it's striking how little he really has to do in the pilot. Like he's got a couple little you know, he's got his he's still got his big, you know, his Oscar speech coming up here. Like if you I think if you stretched out the like, you know, time on screen and things to do for every character, I think he'd be near the bottom. Like I think it's it's like a tie between him and Lewis for like the least amount to do. I think in the I pilot. think she
2: has less, but you're right. He's definitely towards the bottom.
0: Yeah. I think they just don't really
1: know what to yeah. do with his character.
0: That's true. I mean, being a pediatrician, there's not a whole lot they can do with him in the middle of a mass casualty in the middle of downtown Chicago. But it's still it's just interesting that, like, you've got this. I mean, I know Clooney wasn't Clooney then. Like he was he was famous, but he wasn't the like, you know, Cary Grant level like Hollywood legend that he is now. But like, it's like you've got George fucking Clooney right there and you're going to give him like sixth most screen time out of everybody in this. Show like it's just very like I don't know it's it's crazy it, and it's still good like it it's not like it's it's not like the show. Oh, suffers no no no, no.
1: yeah no him. like Anthony Edwards as like the leading leading man is perfect. a fantastic choice and perfect especially from people especially like because going from like I'm not sure like I don't think he really did really anything like of note be it like after like Revenge of the Nerds into this
0: the on- he's another one that like the only like reference point I have for Anthony Edwards other than er is being one of like sean penn's stoner buddies in fast time yeah High. i would
2: also him. i would also say if you guys enjoy his performances check out designated survivor on netflix
1: oh yeah he's, in, he's actually he plays uh what the chief of staff i
2: think is? i think so yeah yeah
1: he plays the chief of staff in uh the, the new to Keeper sutherland's president in the latest season and
2: hearing him swear it's Holy so fuck.
1: weird. <laughs> Hearing him drop f bombs just casually and like
2: it's not wholesome, Doctor Green.
1: Yeah, like in the very first episode, yeah. like because the first two seasons of that show were on ABC, and this one's yeah. But just I'm getting getting away from the point. But sorry, but yeah, it's it's super fucking weird. It's I highly recommend it. It's a very it's a very good show.
2: But yeah, going back to Anthony Edwards and Mark Green, this is the time where we really start seeing that there are rumors about. His extramarital behaviors throughout the hospital, like, <laughs> which is so yeah, funny, but, but like, he's like, I'm too tired to do anything else, I can't cheat on my wife, I barely get sleep. Like, and he's and he's such he, a like
0: dork, like, yeah, he's such a nerd. Like, what, like, who would think that he's this like secret Lothario on the down low? Like, he's he's, I mean, granted, he's got more hair in this episode than he has at any other point in the that's series, very true. but he's still he's still going bald and like he's a nerd like he's a yeah. lovable nerd he's our nerd i love him but he's not getting it he is not a ladies' yeah. man yeah like it's just but i'm it, just it's saying, funny like it's about. just like
2: you see that his discomfort in his marriage is so obvious to everybody else that they're all like well he must be cheating on his wife because no man that miserable right. would be faithful
0: exactly yeah. Yeah, it's obvious to yeah, everyone. I think, we, but I think him. we
1: might have missed. I think we might have missed this, but like the, the one point where that uh, young woman nope it's with the later burns. on. Okay, okay, okay. So we're still we're still getting there.
0: <laughs> yeah, from here I think is where we go into Lewis gets one of yep. her like little brief glimpses with the guy who is Cancerous. like almost definitely has cancer. Yeah, which so that was actually that is actually uh, George huh. Clooney's cousin uh Today is learned. that patient. Um I forget what his character's name is. His his name I think is like Miguel ferrera or something oh, like that. He, I thought he, he you looked
1: familiar. Okay.
0: Yeah, he has Mr. Parker, that's his character's okay. name. So he has he's actually since passed Aww. away from Aww. cancer. Uh so oddly, weirdly prophetic scene <laughs> here. Um but Should've he's laughed. Clooney's cousin. Um, the only, he, he's one, he's another one of those, like, I'm telling you, the show is chock full of like, oh, it's that fucking guy. He, the only other like touch point I have for him, at least the one that sticks out in my mind is he's the like main bad guy from blank check. The tone woke Disney movie. Like it's, it's like from like around the same time, like 93, 94. It's a stupid Disney movie where a kid finds a a blank check. And Tone Lok is one of the like henchmen. That's the only thing I remember about it. In uh and the main like the guy with the money that the kid stole is this oh, guy. This is me. I think
2: we need to he... have a segment called Oh, it's that fucking guy with Daniel.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, there will definitely be a
2: main And of I
1: those. have one more little thing on that. He is also he played the vice president in Iron Man Three. Mm.
2: That's that's where, yes! I know him from. Okay.
1: that's where I know yes. him from.
0: There it is. Yeah,
2: so Dr. Lewis has this patient and she says hey your x-rays don't look good you know here's what it might be and she lists off like it could be an obstruction it could be some pneumonia it It could could be a cyst cyst, it could be a, a number of things and he's just like well could it be cancer like please tell me could it be cancer and she says you know given your history with smoking and how prevalent you've said you were a smoker it's not unreasonable but we 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 can't say definitively like here it could be so many things And he just begs her for an honest, straightforward read on the situation. And she just responds with, nothing is certain. Nothing good, nothing bad is ever certain. And just, but then she goes on to say, but this looks not great. And gives him a rough estimate of how long he may have to live. At which point he thanks her, hugs her. In a moment that's a little bit too, it's a little bit on, too the, on nose. the nose.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say.
2: But it is, it is. I don't know. Like,
0: I, I'm of two minds about it. It's a, it's very on the nose. It's very like, it's the most kind of like network yes. drama tropey yeah. um moment that they have in the whole episode. I will say though, the only reason it works is because of how good of an actor yes. he is. Yeah, like he, he is far and away the best like non um uh, like main cast or or regular supporting cast like the like guest i guess if you want to say guest star like he's he's far and away the most talented guest star in this episode like he is acting his ass off in that scene like the way he goes from like calm in like internalization like accepting his fate and like okay i'm gonna just i'm gonna like put a brave face on and like do things. And then like immediately, like it all just hits him like a ton of bricks. And he just like and collapses. Then just,
2: I'll take my wife to the Bahamas or wherever that, yeah. or not. Yeah, Like he just like, he
0: just like, he just like picks all the pieces up and puts them back in the jar. And he's like, okay, I'm good. Like it's, he just going to live fucking, my life. I, I, I love yeah. that guy. Yeah. I love, I love that. Him.
2: Nothing is certain line because it's such an important perspective to keep no matter what's going on. Nothing good in your life yeah. is forever. Nothing bad in your life is forever. And nothing is certain.
1: We're almost, we're almost to the climax. I promise all the episodes no. are not. Yeah, we, have no. your,
2: we have your favorite guest, Miss Raskin, the feisty old lady. No, she's your, she's oh, your favorite the, guest. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, right.
1: Because you want to be here when you grow up.
2: I sure do.
0: <laughs> the thirsty Miss yeah. Raskin. Yeah, that's exactly.
2: <laughs> I just put, I hope I have as much thirst and confidence as Miss Raskin when I'm her age. So she comes in Oof. specifically asking for Mark Green, fussing over a tiny hangnail, just over, acting to the rafters. Not the actress, the woman. The character is like, oh, but it could get infected. And, you know, when you're yeah. my age, you can't take any chances. And, oh, yeah. you know, Dr. Green, how sweet of you to take care of such a little old lady. Yeah. And like, know. Mark, yeah,
1: say Mark even says, you know, if, you know if, I, if I perform the procedure on you, it will cost you $180. She's, oh, I would so appreciate it if you would do it for me.
2: Yeah. And, okay. uh, and then she ends with, now go home to your wife.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, she's,
2: she's so classy okay, so, and so thirsty, and I love her so much
0: in continuation of our tradition already established in the last hour and a half of jumping way too far ahead. Do, do you remember the like close of the loop on this, uh, interaction here? I do not. Does she come back? She, she is the very first official, like not in an, like in, in an emergency type situation of like, you know, this person comes in with a shotgun wound or like, but she's the first official, like, he goes to a bed and sees a, or goes to and sees a patient. She's also the last. Oh. She's, the, she's the very last patient that he sees before he leaves the ER for the last time. My mind's exploding. And he tells her, he tells her when he sees her, like, I, I think it's the same thing, too. I think it's a hangnail. And he tells her when he sees her, he, you know, he fixes her up and he does the thing. And then he says, now you leave this hospital and don't ever come back. And it's, so it's, like, this really cool, like, you know, open – like, they, they they close the loop from the first episode. Like, it's it's so, like – and it's the same actress, too. Like, she's aged considerably, and, like, it's it's just so sweet. Like, I just I, – I love that. so But that's way, way down the line. We don't have to yeah. get there yet. But, like, I just love that – this that's the type of attention to detail that this show has, that, like, they took his very first patient. She's also his very – or, you know, yeah. at least that we see – She's also his last, and that's just I, I just thank love
2: you that. for sharing that 'cause yeah,
0: yeah, okay,
1: and now, and now here we go, <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, here we go, like, God damn, we've had a gang shooting, we've had a building collapse, and now you tell me, and here we now, go,
1: oh, like, here comes Hathaway, having attempted suicide, oh, uh,
0: God, just suck all the air right out of the room yeah and
2: i just have to say george clooney's heartbreak through this entire series of events is palpable he says hardly a yeah. word but he wears it on his face so well he's just so like distraught
1: and confused and like he's like i feel like he's like the voice of like all the faces that you see that around that pan around when uh yeah. when they pull her back to one of the to the curtain area and mark's working on her
0: that's why he's such a good actor.
1: Like, yeah. he and Mark does sailor. such a good
2: job trying to give her privacy and dignity.
1: Yeah, and then we get this little blurb.
2: Did you call her family? I don't know her family. We were only roommates three weeks. Why'd she do it? Doesn't matter why she did it.
0: We don't ask that about any other OD that comes through these doors. We don't ask it about this one. Uh, just yeah, just that's... Mark
1: doing his very best yep. to keep control of the situation and doing his very best
0: to to actually just treat her like any exactly. other patient. she's not she's not she's not our co-worker she's just she's a just patient. a patient we need
1: to do it just like with every other patient we need to do everything we can to fix her because there's nothing else more that we really could do because she's a nurse here it's, and then he eventually goes on and he closes the curtain after because everyone just keeps staring which is completely understandable when you have a coworker.
2: yeah it's and realistic this I moment mean, here it does such a good job showing the portrayal of shock of suicide attempts from loved ones without glorifying or romanticizing it it just says this is the fact this happens this is how people react to it it's tragic but it's real
0: yeah yeah, yeah. it's like you said doesn't glorify it but doesn't try to minimize it either it's just it's what it figure is figure out yeah. what she
1: did from the roommate you know exactly what's you know exactly what's going on you know it's an OD and it doesn't look good it doesn't look good so i think you very well could have if they wanted to you could have very well kill, killed her here and been done with it but that right. would have been a damn shame because i love her character arc
2: right and they call morgan stern in tell him to get off get off his girlfriend
1: no that's oh that's no ben. they, that's, no, they don't tell him to get off his girlfriend yet i'm yeah they do bring him in they do bring and it we in. get uh this lovely interaction between him and him and mark
0: She's got her barbiturate level. It's 45 micrograms per milliliter. She's intubated. We're alkalinizing her urine. We're getting her ready for hemoperfusion. But if she's decerebrating, you know the question, Mark. Should we be trying any of this at all? It doesn't look hopeful. But I think for the morale of the unit, we've got to do everything. And she was...
1: is... very popular.
0: The unit's looking to you, Mark. You set the tone. Yeah. She was one of us. We loved her, we worked with her, and now something's happened to her. It makes us feel guilty, it makes us feel angry.
2: It scares the hell out of us. But we take care of her, and then we go on with our jobs. Yeah. You set the tone,
0: Mark. You get the unit through this. I'm fine. Ugh. He said the thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's at the title but, of the show. He wins it. Okay. <laughs>
0: he's, yeah. Um, just, God fucking damn. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 both, both parties there really get to shine. Like, Green's kind of, like, calm freneticism kind of shines through and then also to like William H Macy like in his very very limited appearances like he still can bring bring the heat when yeah, he bring needs that, to like w- he's that calm
1: wisdom just like after that especially exactly. after that just really heavy sigh that you hear about halfway through that clip just mark just realizing holy shit this is happening yeah it's uh, just fantastic uh,
2: from there we go through there's a gunshot wound the knife wound it comes in oh yeah this is just, this yeah, is just well, a small I side they... note, but a knife wound comes in and carters by the gurney as they're trying to clean the guy up and he gets sick and has to step away and dr green goes outside gets some fresh air with everything that's going on and talks to him and just says you can either be the kind of doctor that has feelings or you can be the kind of doctor that pushes them down but if you're going to keep your feelings you're going to get sick from time to time it's just how it works
1: which is i love that little inter- i love this that interaction i wish i'd pulled the clip from it right. because and that um, helping
2: helping patients is more important than how we feel
1: but just showing just showing dr green as not just a, like a friend cuz you re- you only really seen him as a friend but also seeing him as like okay he can be the mentor type as well even yeah. even though he really doesn't really get you don't really get him with like medical students no very often
0: no It's a it's a dynamic, specifically the Green Carter dynamic. It's one that I guess because so the Carter Benton relationship is so dominant that you just don't you never really beyond this you don't see as much of Carter turning to Green for you know not I guess advice or like you know just like looking to him as that kind of mentor reassurance and this is like yeah like this is the best illustration of it like this is kind of the best that it ever gets with that relationship of like he's so in the midst of all this chaos he's so calm and so like measured like he just keeps telling like keep your head down keep your head down like the like kids literally like losing his lunch and he's just like no it's okay like it's okay to get sick like it's okay to you know to feel like you don't have to be this like iron soul, like person who just doesn't feel feelings and doesn't care about people anymore. Like, so that you can do your job. Like you can do, you can still be a person and do this job. And it's just such a powerful moment. And I also love too I mean, it it makes sense. It's the pilot, but I love how many times throughout this episode, I was able to like point and go like, Oh shit, that's where they get the thing from the (laughs) intro. Like, that's where they like, like green walking out the door and his reflection is in the puddle. Like that's like straight out of the yeah. the intro. The group shot. The group shot, the the Avengers Assemble shot, as I call it, the um Carter when he's like kneeled down trying not to puke, he's got his stethoscope like oh, yeah. bounced off yeah. his forehead. That's straight out of the um straight out of the thing. Benton's punch, which we got coming up, which is like my like favorite thing ever. Oh, I love yeah. the Benton Punch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so- Okay, so wrapping up the last a uh, little bit of the episode i think now is when we get the young lady the, yeah now that is Jer- when we get the young the lady jerry
2: slut shames yeah. yeah
1: oh yeah jerry it, come on the, man what are you doing yes i remember folks this is 1994 it's not gonna be a totally woke and I perfect know. show like especially especially in the next couple episodes we get some really problematic shit but <sighs> uh, but
2: yes so a young lady comes in with burns on her thighs and dr green is apparently the only available doctor he goes into a room with her
1: and she is very thirsty
2: and she is very thirsty niagara falls could not quench this woman's thirst and (laughs) lydia being the vip that she is nurse lydia stands in the room and keeps an eye on dr green more for his safety than this young woman's and just you know help be like no yeah that's, that's a that's a, hospital a yeah policy. it's a liability like, thing but just you know that everything's on the up and up while he applies burn cream to her thighs yeah. and she talks about how she's not wearing it, how you know she had to change her panties because she knew he'd be seeing them and touching them
0: that is the most like out of place sequence in this entire episode you're right like, it, yeah it's like you could cut you could cut it out and nothing would be different and it it just comes so far out, of, especially with everything we've seen up to that point. Like it comes so far I'm out of left field. I'm wondering if they were
2: trying to like lighten the mood and throw something like flirty and silly in just to kind of like.
0: <laughs> this woman burned her legs just to get some attention, and like that's how we're that's how we're gonna lighten the mood. It just goes to show you what kind of tone we're setting here. Not to you yeah. Know. William H. Macy already won the contest. I can't win we, the contest. We can't set that tone any better. Uh huh.
2: <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Lydia is the real VIP here for looking out for Mark and not laughing at him too hard while he's dealing with this patient.
1: Yeah. And then you go right into this all, and then right into one of the last sequences is uh Benton starting a surgery by himself.
2: Unauthorized. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: yeah.
2: To save a busted uh ulcer. Right? Yeah, guys
1: gonna
0: bleed out, I think. You no, know, it's yeah. a, a triple it's a triple A, an abdominal aortic aneurysm. Go. I've I've picked up a few things here and there, you know, it's learned <laughs> by osmosis.
2: But yeah, so he opens the guy up so he can at least pinch the artery until another more qualified surgeon or authorized surgeon can get in and do the sew up.
1: Yeah. Like he's just like literally like after he does it, like there's this there's like the him just like walking through and like everyone's like, wait what's Benton doing? Like did, everyone, no one else really like believes. Did he
2: really just say that?
1: That he's going out like, It's <laughs> yeah. like, if anyone cares to help me, I'll be over here performing. Triple A. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Performing whatever repair. And the, one of the other surgeons is like, uh, is he, was he kidding? No, go make, go make sure he's kidding. <laughs> go make sure <laughs> go he's assist. kidding. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. One. And then, so he just, he does his thing and yeah. And this is where we get the line. Let's see how long after he opens up the person and has the bleeding stopped and it, like, he's calling for Dr. Morgan, sir, and he says, let's see how long it's going to take for the chief to get
0: off his girlfriend and into his work clothes.
2: <laughs> Classic. Yeah.
0: So, real quick, like, I don't want to, like, fuck with our timeline no, too much here, but I, I feel like we missed, we missed a patient. It's a real quick one. It's the girl who, um she's, like, 13, I think. And the babysitter? Carter. Oh, well, no. no, Carter's, like... Carter is like pretty sure that she's pregnant, but she's like oh, lying. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we did. And then he brings Benton in, and Benton's like within thirty seconds, Benton like dissects it, and he's like, "She has an ectopic pregnancy. Like set her up for surgery. Like you know, it's It's just an excuse for Benton to like look like a pro and Carter to look like well, a schmuck." Well, the basically.
2: worst part is is that Carter was right, and he said, you know, if if you are right. sexually active, this could be an ectopic pregnancy. So like he had it. Yeah, yeah, you
0: know, he has the medical knowledge. He just needs to learn the finesse. With patients. Right. So very minor note on that. The actress who is playing the 13 year old patient. Um, I did double check the character names. She's not the same character, but she does return to the show huh. um, in in the very last season. Actually, she is um, one of the I, th- I guess she's not a. I guess she's a resident, not a medical student, but um, Dr. Wade. Like there's a lot about there's a lot about season fifteen that's very forgettable. Yeah, season fifteen so.
1: is sort of a haze after, after. Yeah, certain things happen in the beginning of it. I just remember that. I just remember that's where, that's where Doctor Green comes back from an
0: episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked it up like I because the, the, the character name didn't really mean anything to me either. But like I, I googled it and like seeing her face, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of remember you. Like she's in the background. She's not a very like memorable character. But I just thought that was cool that like somebody from the pilot episode as a child, she comes all the way back in season fifteen yeah. as a doctor. Like with I just nothing was in between. Cool yeah nothing in between no appearances in between just she's there in the pilot and she's there in the last season so okay i just cool.
2: have to say i was looking at er images on my phone and saw some cast members and i had another one of oh my god i forgot they're in this too <laughs> so we're in for a very interesting we're uh, in for a good episodes yeah, it, yeah
0: it's a wild ride yeah
2: <laughs> so benton successfully holds down the fort till morgenstern gets in to help sell the guy up
0: does the fist pump booyah type thing which is the best part about the intro sequence. Iconic. The punch, punct- punctuating the music and everything. Like, they try to replicate it with other things after Benton leaves the show, and it's, it's never, never as good. Yeah, it's no. never as good. Like, they do. I, I remember one season they do it with, like, it's either Weaver or Romano, like, busting through a door. Probably Romano. It's, and it's, with, just, it's Weaver. It's never as fucking good. Like, it yeah. just doesn't have the same, like. Punch. Punch. Literally, you know, yeah. no pun intended. Like, it just doesn't have the same, yeah. like, uh but that's, but that's but that's another. that's, but that's another thing it, for another. It, right?
1: That's another thing for another time because well, we'll get into the whole intro changing.
2: No, the last thing we have is the babysitter bringing in the bruised child. Oh yeah. right, Clooney's got to have his
0: Oscar moment. where we, gotta have yeah, where we really moment. see
2: Dr. Ross shine because he calls out this shitty abusive mother and is like, "Where these burns come from? How does your child have these fractures? Don't talk back to me." Yeah. We're calling CPS. Yeah.
1: Lady, this just stinks, I yeah. think, is one of the
2: Yes. <laughs> Lady, this just yeah. stinks. But yeah, he very <laughs> he's, much, he's as much... disappointed dad. As much as he's a womanizer, and as much as he's a party boy, when it comes to the children he cares for, he will take no shit, and he will do everything for them. And that is really where the heart of gold of Doug Ross lies, is that we see yeah. that underneath any of the flaws that come up in the next few seasons... He really cares, and he really tries. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. The very, the very last scene of the episode brings everything full circle with the twenty four hours theme. Doctor Green going
0: down for another nap. And roommate. And, and roommate. In And but this time he actually gets it. And then I just love how the, I love the way it's shot. How like the minute that door finally because it has that like one of those like things on mm-hmm. the door that makes it close really slowly. So the minute that it just barely closes and the last bit of light leaves the room it immediately flies back open and she's like time to get up like i just that's the perfect way to oh, end Lydia. it i love, I love her. how how much we how how much do we love thee a lot
1: um <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right
1: so that's sh- that's just about wraps up the very first episode of uh setting the tone in your retrospective
0: one down 330 hope you stick go. with
2: us through all of them
1: yikes what have we done to ourselves magic <laughs> um uh you can find you can follow us on twitter um we are on twitter at set the tone ER. er is capitalized i'm not sure if that makes a difference uh we'll find out later we also have a patreon going you can support this and help us upgrade our equipment help us you know be compensated for our time and just so turn...
2: lizzie and i aren't working off one mic in our cramped apartment yeah <laughs> and we can get some headphone splitters
1: uh, we would appreciate any support you could throw our way. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash podcast. You can also find me personally on Twitter at um, randomgamer, uh, uh, G-A-M-3-R,
2: uh, and gamer there. I can be found personally at Twitter at lobob92345, username I've had since I was 12 years old.
0: And, Daniel, where can <laughs> people find you? Uh, I'm not i don't really do the twitter thing but um you can find me on instagram at dan.u y-o-u dot um i also host another podcast called the popular court with uh, my co-host jake Terrell. uh we do kind of a different pop culture topic every week um music movies tv games uh really anything under the pop culture pop culture umbrella um and we kind of put it through a little bit of a mock trial um depending on when this episode drops um, um, either our most recent or one of our most recent episodes um, was on uh, the Nintendo GameCube, and whether it was the most underrated Ooh. Nintendo. It was really good. I just listened to time. it. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a good one. I enjoyed it. I was on the side of it was the most underrated Nintendo console. Jake was on the opposite side. So, give it a listen. See which and one of us you think see is right.
2: Lizzie and I showing up on that at some point. And then I Definitely. also I also want to give a shout out to Andrew Edwards at Blue Police Box Music for providing our theme music.
1: Yeah, and that should about wrap it up. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time.